What we do here is go back, 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 back. And now coming on to bullpen chatter for episode one, we have the unofficial voice of junior college baseball. If you follow him on Twitter or any other social profile, you can see that I don't know if there's anyone else that tries as hard to promote Juco baseball other than the Noah Sharp. Welcome to the show, Noah. Thanks for having me, man. I feel kind of honored that I'm I'm the first one. I mean, not that you know, I'm, bro, I'm, I'm not, honestly, not, not saying this like, I mean, I'm humble, but like it's still like it kind of blows my mind at how big this thing's gotten. But I mean, I'm old. I like it. It's, it is what it is. I'll tell you what. Yesterday, I was sitting out at the the park in my town. I was just sitting in the parking lot after I got done working out, and I'm just thinking like, what what am I gonna do? And I was like, I'm I know I've been thinking about starting a podcast for a while, and I was like, I'm just gonna start a a podcast. And I'm started thinking of names, and I got about halfway home, and I was like, bullpen chatter. That could be the name. So I get home, I make this logo that we have now, and I was like, okay, that kind of looks pretty clean. And I'm starting to think of, like, guys that I'd want to get on. I made a list of, like, 40 people. And I was like, all right, we're going to start with Noah Sharp. I know we've interacted before on Twitter. I was like, let's shoot him a DM, and that's pretty much how it got started. Like, I just I DM'd about 30 people and got a pretty good response from everybody. But I was glad I can bring you on here first. I mean – I think, I mean, we talked last, I mean, we said before we started recording that it finally clicked on, like, how I remember, like, I was like, I think this right. is the same guy as I talked to last year. I'm pretty sure this is the same guy I talked to last year, but I don't remember, but it was because you had a pretty, I mean, pretty awesome beard last year, but now you, now you don't have a beard, Right. but it finally clicked, like, oh, okay, like, I'm, I mean, yeah, there, I talked to so many, I mean, I reply, I think, to I'd probably say I reply to 90% of the DMs, and if yeah. I don't, it's not because I'm just like, I'm not replying to this. It's because, I mean, I'm scatterbrained as hell if anyone's followed me, <laughs> yeah. and, like, I'm thinking of seven different things and have 900 other things going on, and if I miss it, I miss it, and I try and get back to them as much as I can, but you're out of school, we like, so that, that helps it, or we're out of school, we like, so, so that helps. Yeah, definitely being out of school. I mean, it's a blessing not having to go to class, but not having that being able to play any baseball at all, it's, it's pretty tough. I mean, I was excited to see what y'all were going to do. I'm yeah. working on all of our – I spent the past, so what is this, week four, I think, of quarantine, and I've spent the first three weeks basically going through everything to do final rankings, do All-Americans, do gold gloves, do – you know, recruiting, like, so now I'm getting to the fun part where it's just saying what the information and what we've, like, done says, right. but, like, for three weeks, it's just been numbers and stats and sitting on my couch and watching community and doing this and playing with a five-year-old and a two-year-old, so, you know, it's a, it's a nice little break getting to, you know, not be around the kids for a little bit. For sure. I know I was scrolling on your Twitter today, and I saw the, the graphic of you've got all the dates set that you're going to announce all the postseason awards and I mean it was just one after another coming up and I was like man this guy's got a lot going on with the JBB right now I mean and we wanted to do that like we could have come out because I think we had the rankings and we knew what we wanted to do with them I mean right when the season ended I mean because it was so abrupt and I mean 
games really stopped in the middle of the week. So there was maybe one or two things you had to really add. And, but then it was after, you know, we kind of that that we wanted to go through. Because, I mean, yes, the Division ones had, I mean, y'all had 21 games played. I mean, a handful of other teams had 20, 30 games played. But then you get right. down to the Division three level. I mean, a team that we were really high on they hadn't even played a game yet. They were on their road to their first series, and it got called that week. So, so that's even tougher. So like, it's like, and, and that's why it took so long because we could have just put it out there and done, you know, the weekly thing. Right. But we wanted to make sure we weren't missing anything. We weren't, you know, like, okay, this team didn't play any games, but, like, at the same time, like, we still think they were or they deserve this spot, and this is why we deserve this spot or they deserve this spot, and – so, I mean, there's a, there was a lot of behind-the-scenes work and behind-the-scenes stuff and figured we could release it, you know, kind of randomly or just make sure we have everything lined up and everything ready to go and then just boom, 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 boom and push it all out at the same time. And we thought that would be the best way to go about it versus, oh, here's the rankings and then a week and a half later, oh, here's our All-America stuff. Oh, here – and we wanted to do it right. And, I mean, I like to think we do it right, so – we took a little bit more time because we had a little bit more time, and for sure, I think people are gonna like what's gonna come out. So you kind of you kind of touched on it earlier, kind of like with the the people you've got following, and then the work that you're putting in it, and then what really made you want to start the JBB? So this is like it's really it was an accident. I I say that like oh okay like anything kind of was an accident, but at the time when it started. I was living in Oklahoma. I was an elementary school teacher, and I had a bunch of free time in the afternoons. So I was like, okay, like it doesn't take that long to grade 20 papers for science and math, but I still <laughs> got to be here till three. And at that time, you know, newly led, wow, newly wed. Uh, didn't we were, we were living in Oklahoma? I didn't really have any friends that weren't coworkers that weren't that could have been my grandparents. <laughs> how many 24-year-olds work in elementary school? Not many. But, you know, it's what it is, and that's kind of when I stumbled upon Barstool, of all things. I don't know why it took me that long to find them, but that's when it was, and I was kind of looking and was like, you know what? If, if these guys can do it, it, it can't be that hard. It can't be that hard, you know, to put your opinion on the Internet to have someone like it, and it kind of became a therapeutic thing at the start where I was putting anything up, like my wife was getting tired of me just talking sports to her, which she didn't understand. So I would just write about the Thursday night football game, put it out. Probably one or two people read it, if any. And it, But it was something for me to kind of get thoughts out of my brain and kind of, you know, just get a – kind of have a guy's time, I guess, and – Right. You know, if someone read it, someone read it, but it was at least I was talking to someone or right, getting thoughts out of my head. And then it was that year. So this was not last year, but the year before 20, was it 2018, I think is when this thing kind of kicked off. And right. I noticed that. So I went to Howard in West Texas. Okay. They're not as good. They're still good. They're not as good as they were when I was there, but, uh, I saw that they had, I think, by the end of January or the beginning of December, something like that, they had something like 21 Division One commits at the time. And so wow. I just wrote a thing about, well, 
you know, this made me think about my freshman year where we had like 27 like early signees and how like my experience with them and how like it's kind of cool to see the school I went to do this. And so I wrote it, put it out there. I mean, if anyone reads any of my stuff, like there's grammar errors everywhere. Right. There's misspelling. There's wrong there's. There's wrong R's. There's wrong, I mean, there's wrong punctuations. But, you know, I posted it, and I got a lot of traction from it. Howard retweeted it. The coaches that were there were like, yo, loved it, awesome, still remember you, hope everything's doing good. I was like, oh, okay, this is kind of cool. Like maybe I stumbled, and it went from being one or two reads to like, a hundred and I was like did I kind of stumble upon something and then as we were talking today my best friend who was a math math media major and now is a sports editor for a newspaper in San Antonio hey I think I kind of stumbled upon this thing like you think I should kind of like keep poking at it and see what kind of comes of it and he goes dude if you don't do it you'll never know but I know for football there was never anything and so I know for baseball there wasn't anything. So do it. If the worst thing comes to worst, it goes. You do it for a year and nothing happens. And you know you had fun doing it. And then I did a MLB All JUCO team. So just went and looked at the past seasons, MLB players, and just just found where they had ties. And oh, like I mean, everyone knows Bryce Harper. Everyone knows Lorenzo Cain. Everyone knows Jose Batista. But like the smaller guys. Like Brandon Belt. I mean, he went to San Jack. Like, I mean, there was all these guys that were like, oh, wait, there's a lot more. And put that out. And that kind of doubled the views on that. And then Perfect Game came out with their rankings. And the NJCAA came out with their rankings. And I was like, I think I kind of stumbled upon something. And so I put it out. And it started. And it just kind of it snowballed from year one. And I was like, oh, wait, teams are actually using the rankings I'm doing and taking the player of the week things I'm doing serious. Like, they're putting it on their athletic pages. That's right. kind of cool. Like, they have no idea that I don't know what I'm talking about, but <laughs> they think I know what I'm talking about because no one else is doing this. And then, you know, at that time, too, we went through some crazy life experiences to where my wife had to pack up and move back to California. I stayed in Oklahoma to where I was still – because my wife was pregnant, and so she got out of her contract, but it still kind of worked out to where she was getting uh, paid leave but if I were to leave, I would just wouldn't have a job. So that year, for three months, I slept on a coworker's couch, finished the school year, and basically, if I wasn't working, I was doing the beginning work first year of the JBB because either I could sit on the couch and kind of soak that I'm alone by myself in Oklahoma, a thousand miles away from my wife, three-year-old, and new baby, or you know I can distract myself by diving into this and kind of giving it as much attention as I could because I had nothing else to do. And that's kind of where I think it grew a lot because I had so much time to pour into it. And then year two came around and I got hired by two different companies to run their different junior college stuff. But then stuff kind of fell by the wayside and some things happened to where they let me go. There was differing opinions about certain things. There was, I thought things should be run one way even though they said I, I could do it the way I wanted it, they didn't want me to. And so, I mean, that's a whole, I don't want to get into all that because that's, I mean, there's some ruffled feathers in places <laughs> that, you know, it's just, if if you know, you know, if you don't, I mean, right. you can ask me and I'll tell you off there. But it's, I mean, so then I finished that year 
and it 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 kind of expanded. I went from just doing covering Division One to covering Division One, Two, and Three of the NJCAA. I tried California because I was out here and didn't really take off. And then uh, of, of everything, my number two, my co-host, the the other person that's helping run this thing now is Chris. Yeah. We met because his son played at Arizona Western. Okay. And yes, he could, could technically be my dad. His 50th birthday was today. The day we were recording, he turned 50. Oh, wow. I am 27. Like, he put, he medaled in the 1992 or 1996 Olympics for the decathlon. But yet, and he's wow. like, dude, it's so cool that I'm talking to you. And I'm like, you're kidding me, right? <laughs> like, like you're talking around, to me. Right? Oh, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, I think that's where, like, our relationship and Chris's big thing is I'm not defined by uh, – who I am, what I did, like, you're going to like me whether I was an Olympian or if I was a hobo, like, I'm right. not going to act any different, which I didn't find out he was an Olympian until two or three months of him coming on board and helping. And he brought a lot of the business side to it, a lot of the, the know of that. And I'm like, I just care about the stats and the baseball. Like, if the companies come to us and the money comes, like, the money comes, right. I'm enjoying doing this because it's fun. But he's like, no, 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 no. I enjoy doing it because it's fun, too. But, you know, here's here's how we can grow this. Here's how we can expand. And then that's where, I mean, you saw it go from your two to your three. Like, there literally was, like, someone put us in a freaking rocket ship and just shot. And it's sure, just sure. gone. And from, I mean, a lot of people think, oh, it's been going for years. Like, it's, this is literally year three. And it's gone from being nothing to, we like to say it's tied for the number one spot for junior college baseball. I mean, we're super tired with Brian, and the guy's a perfect game. We love them. We bounce right. up off each other all the time. Like, we've got a great relationship with them. So, like, it's us and them. I mean, yes, there's other places, but it's us and them. That's where everyone looks. That's where everyone looks for – I mean, and we do things different. Perfect game's more draft-oriented. We're a little bit more how you're going to perform at the college level. But, I mean, it is what it is. That's a little long-winded answer to your – Super simple question, but that kind of encompasses the past three years in a little bit of a, I mean, a 10 minute rant. A little follow up on that. Like, just whenever you were first starting, of all the, I mean, out of NCAA Division One, Two, Three, or even JUCO, what made you really want to go with JUCO? Was it that, like, the JUCO tie that you had from back in your playing days, or what was the thought process through that? So I think it, it kind of was that. I mean, I wasn't a player. A lot of people think I played, I was the oh, trainer. Okay. Okay. I I played, I mean, all the guys at Howard, I played with them in high school. But okay. I, you know, when I graduated high school, I was waiting for my senior year, and I shattered my collarbone the day before opening day. Missed my entire senior year. At that time, I had had six concussions in two and a half years. Like, doctors weren't wanting me to do much because of my head. Like, I had five more in the next two years. Like, it just playing wasn't. Kind of beat around. <laughs> so, I mean, they were from freaking baseball from running into the wall. They were from getting hit in the head in baseball. They were from flipping a dirt bike. They were from playing hide and seek. Like it was, I'd wake up and sit up and hit my head and then not remember the rest of the day. Like it got to that point where it was like, I'm just, you're just beating a bruised banana. Like that was, it was that bad. That's crazy. But I was like, I was just going to stay at home, but then coaches, new coaches at Howard, and he said, yeah, you can come. And I was this still baseball guy, and 
I was, I mean, I literally, my third year, we had an odd number of pitchers. So I was like, well, I forgot my glove here. So I <laughs> threw with our pitching staff every single day. Like my throwing partner that year was taken in the fifth round by the Orioles, 97 from the left side. That's who I threw with every single day. For 97 from the left side? Yep. I'd take that in a heartbeat. <laughs> oh, I think anyone would take that. But like, it was like, I mean, I didn't think anything of it at the time. Now I'm looking back on it. Like the head coaches and coaches there could have just been like, no, like put your glove away. Right. No, 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 no. Like you're the trainer, do your trainer thing. But I do my trainer thing. And then, okay, do I want to, I could sit in this dugout and be bored or I could go and shoot the shit in the outfield with the guys. I could go, you know, I could sit in the clubhouse and watch baseball, whatever, or I could sit in the bullpen and talk to the head coach and ask questions and watch the bullpens and which that's what I did. Just got to get so, some of that bullpen chatter in. Yeah. So, I mean, dude, I've got a bullpen story for later. Gosh, being a trainer, you see some weird stuff. Oh, but, imagine. I mean, I think that's what it was. It was, I had this tie. I knew all the guys and kind of how there wasn't, unless the coach knew and came like Howard at that time was really big. We ranked top 10, I think all three years at some point, like, it was I was there at a good time, but you know I just remember there wasn't anything for anybody. There was a couple JUCO Twitters like JUCO what it, I don't even remember what the name was, but they were you they'd be there for the season and then they disappear. There was perfect profile. game. Yeah, there was there for there was perfect game and there was the NJCAA. And, I mean we're in West Texas and we had no idea what was going on in Indiana. We had no idea what was going on in Florida. Right. We had no idea what was going on in Nevada. We just knew, oh, who's who's John A. Logan? Like, who cares about them? Like, right. we're better than them. We know, but what, I mean, I say that because you go there. Right, no, for sure. Fun, but, like, when you didn't know what was going on. You didn't know what they did, who they beat, who they had on their team. So now it's like, okay, well, maybe we try to model our stuff after, D, after D1 baseball, like, Mm-hmm. I don't we kind of do a pretty good job I mean it could always get better anything can always get better but it's that's kind of how it came. it was like I knew there was never anything there and me being the baseball fan I wish I could see what was happening at Howard well now now there kind of is that so yeah I hope that answered your question oh for sure that's a I mean that's a really good answer I mean I think thinking back on some of the stuff you said just kind of like knowing that there wasn't really a market out there for Juco and it's just wide open and has a really good opportunity to grow fast. And the fact that you're taking advantage of that and then competing, I say competing, working kind of like alongside putting out content, just like the bigger markets, like perfect game. And you said like division one baseball there, or just the NJCAA just kind of just doing their small part. And then you guys coming in, making a big splash. That's like you said, you started three years ago and you're almost 6,000 followers on Twitter. I mean, the, it's a pretty big impact there very quickly. And I mean, I say like it, we bought a lightning. I think like it was because when I started this, it was right at the start of which sounds dumb, but like social media wasn't like the big thing. Like coaches had it. Players had it. There was never any interaction in my days between the head coach and the players on Twitter. Right. Now I see, I see coaches. I've seen y'all's assistants bust y'all's butts on something that you said was stupid. I've seen coaches, oh, a player post something kind of dumb, and they'll, like, chirp him for it. Like, mm-hmm. that wasn't there. Like, you had the relationships in the dugouts. You had the relationships in the locker room, but there wasn't – you didn't see the 
oh, like you're in your dorm room and I'm in my days. We kind of got away with that because we posted some dumb stuff, right. some dumb stuff. But like, I mean, it's just it was right at the start of the baseball social media era. It was before flat ground, it, which I mean, that right. literally started not even a year ago, which is crazy because it's such a used tool. It's such right. a used thing. Posting, oh, I pitched this bullpen. Here's my things. Like that's such a common thing now. But two years ago, that wasn't, wasn't that. And wasn't I would a get, thing. Yeah. Hey, can I tweet out this picture, this video, and you know anyone looking? And I'm like, sure, okay. Like, I don't know who sees it, but I can definitely do it because this wasn't there. Like, I can. Oh, I know this coach in New Jersey that's looking for a shortstop. Well, I know the shortstop that lives in North. Northern California, like, I don't know if he wants to go to the East Coast, but sure. And lo and behold, now, boom, they're going to the East Coast. Like, that was never anything that I thought this would become or have a chance of happening when it started. Mm-hmm. But it's, I mean, it's a super awesome thing. Like, I've gotten guys, I mean, I say I, like, they did it. They put in the work. I just was like a middleman of connecting to two people right, that yeah. were looking for the same thing. And, I mean, I, mean, I get... I, I get the text like, "Hey, we love him." Like, we want, and I just smile. I'm like, "I did that. That's kind of cool." <laughs> like, okay, but I mean, again, it goes by like I'm not trying to sound super cocky saying it, or but it's like it still blows my mind that this thing has become what it's become, and it has the impact that it has because I really don't know the impact. I mean, like you, you know, you see numbers, you see who you interact, like my wife and my mother-in-law, like, oh, who are you texting? Like, oh, I'm texting the recruiting coordinator for Tulane. <laughs> and then they're like, wait, what? I was like, yeah, we're just talking. He's like, why is he? He's like, I don't know. He asked me a question about something, so I'm answering it, and now we're talking about WWE. And they're <laughs> like, wait, what? I was like, I don't know. Like, It just happens. It just, it just happens. Like, I'm a personable person. I can talk to a brick wall. Like, people <laughs> like me. I'm not just a talking head. I'm, I post pictures of me hitting a golf ball into a ravine because I'm bored. Like, hey, I mean, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. I mean, it's, it is what it is. And I think that's one thing why people like it is because, I guess, we put out the content we put out and people know we can do the research. But, I mean, hey, I'm 27. I'm not much older than y'all. Like, For real, yeah. I graduated I thinking, school three years ago. I was talking like, with a buddy today. I was like, I didn't realize how young you were. Until I saw your like, I'd seen your profile picture, but then I saw your uh, your t- Twitter live last night, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Like this dude's like still in it. Like I mean, I also shaved like three days ago because my wife said I needed to shave because I was starting to look like the old uh, Geico caveman. Because I said I'm just not gonna shave until I can leave the house, and then I get told oh I have to go into work next week. I was like, oh, I guess I'm gonna look somewhat presentable, but. <laughs> I mean, I'm not much older than y'all, and uh, I think some people forget that, and Chris is like, you know, one thing he said was, we were on a show, I don't know, Sunday, I wasn't, I tried to, I had technical difficulties, but he said, you know, when I found it, I thought, oh, this has been going on for a few years, when lo and behold, when he stumbled upon it, that was month three, like, it wasn't that long, but you never know how long things are going, and so... You say you fake it until you make it, but I mean, 
it's, it just takes time. It just takes talking to the right people and them knowing you have the the best interest in. Like I talked to I talked to Sue. I haven't talked to him in about a week, week and a half. But like sometimes it's just like, hey man, hope everything's going good. I hope the kids are doing okay. Like, and that's all it is. And then you know you have a conversation for 10, 15 minutes, and then it's just. It's just they know that when I'm writing something about y'all, I've got the intent of I'm not trying to do this to get money. Like I'm right. just trying to do this because I think y'all have got something special and I want to put it out there. I think there's something special going on at Wabash, so I'm going to put it out there. Like it's not like, oh, we've got ties. Like, I mean, anyone knows we kind of have ties to both schools. We both like them. But like if we're not going to bother people up, we're not going to talk down about anybody like we're going to just say what we think and it is what it is. And yeah. So kind of like touching up, like we've gone through that, that whole process of how this is like, how the JBBs came apart, why we've done JUCO. What are some things you wish you would have known before you started the JBB with this process? Honestly, I really don't think I wish I knew anything else because it, which, which sounds dumb. Like most people say, oh, I wish I knew all these people. Oh, I wish I knew all this stuff. Like, oh, I wish I knew how to create a website. Like, I'm a person where if I want to do something, I'm going to teach myself and figure out how to do it. And if I knew all this other stuff, it might be like, I could do that, but I really don't want to. Like, right. I taught myself how to create a website. I taught myself how to edit audio. I taught myself how to, you know talk to coaches I taught myself like and it was each year I mean each week like I learned something new like I literally taught myself today how to make a skin for a live stream thing that you were talking about like how to make it look nice and have three different cameras and names on it like I taught myself how to do that like just because I wanted it to look better like if I knew how to do that before not saying I wouldn't have done it but me wanting to know how to do it and wanting to improve it and wanting to grow it and then it makes me ask certain questions to different people I've met like I'll ask questions to SIDs like hey I'm kind of like y'all but I'm not like y'all but what advice do you have or ask coaches like what what else do you want to see when granted a lot of the time when we're thinking of content I'm thinking of what did I want to see what would I have wanted to see well I would have loved to have a team of the week okay I'm going to do a team of the week well I'd love to have someone talking about happen this week oh i'll just do that oh i'd love for someone to do a recap of the top 10 teams oh i'll do that like it's just what i would have wanted and kind of teaching myself how to do things and then pushing some control of other things since chris came on because i don't have to do this all by myself it's not a one-man show anymore there's two of us and realizing i can rely on him to do some stuff like hey we're gonna do this i'll do this i'll supply this you think you oh yeah sure man i'll do it and then you know, I can work on something else versus oh, all my time's on one thing. So, I mean, yes, like you'd love to know everything, but at the same time, like, I don't wish I knew anything because if I knew the stuff, like, it probably wouldn't be what it is because I would have put the time and effort in to teach myself to learn it, to, oh, relearn other things and change programs and change backends and change certain things to make it look better. And, mm-hmm. like, I, it wouldn't, I don't think, if I knew it wouldn't have become what it become because I wouldn't have done the work to figure out how to make it better and how to improve what I'm doing and all of that. I know Which for me, probably like, wasn't a normal answer, but 
I know for me, like growing up being like, I knew from a young age, I, I wanted to go into some type of media and just the one thing that I've learned, just although I've had a lot of good mentors in this, in the media field, but I'll tell you the biggest thing is YouTube's a hell of a source. Any, yeah, yeah. Anything I want to know, especially with like the editing or audio or anything like that. I mean, I can type it on YouTube word for word, and there's a, more times than not, there's a tutorial for it. I mean, I lucked out because my father-in-law is, I guess, in the Central Coast, he's like a big-time radio DJ. And I said I was going to start, like, say, I was going to start the podcast. He's like, oh, yeah, man, I can give you the keys to our studio. And I was like, wait, huh? Like, no, be, I haven't be, even recorded once. And now you're saying that I could, like, go into your radio station and just record on, like, a professional radio station and you'll just teach me? Like, granted, I took a bunch of the classes in college. I took a bunch of the classes in high school for video production, audio production. So, I mean, I knew a bit. But six, seven years of my college career, I was learning how to tape ankles, tape wrists, how to diagnose Tommy John, how to, like, you know, I didn't do that for seven years. And so I retaught myself audio editing, recording, and the setup I had a year ago when I started podcasting and started recording, like, completely different, and I figured out so many other ways to make it better now, but it's because, like, I knew what I needed to do, so I did what I could do. Well, oh, wait, there's other ways, like, a hundred times, like, you were asking me questions today, and I told them, like, oh, yeah, you can totally do this, and you're like, oh, I didn't even know that. Like, I didn't even know that. Yeah, and the then whole, I, like, whole YouTube, thing with Zoom and Skype or YouTube did kind of new. For me, so, at least, like, do up. So, you know, it adds that extra, like, that's something, like, I guess if I knew that, it would have made it easier. But I was able to do it without it, and it just, it's a tool that made it easier. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, this whole, all the resources we've got now are crazy to me. It just blows my mind, to be honest. Mm-hmm. It's kind of crazy. Another thing we kind of touched up on earlier, you're talking about with you and Chris, like going through and you guys sometimes not agreeing on the rankings that you guys are putting out. So what really goes into the deciding factor of creating that that top 25 or that top 10? So I probably do a lot more work than I probably should. I have on my computer a rank. So let's just take Division One, the NJC Division One. Right. It goes, most people, like Brian does it completely different. He he ranks Division One, Division Two, Division Three, California, NWAC. Does that all in one ranking. I have a one for Division One, a one to 189 ranking of every single team. A one to 130 ranking of every Division Two team. Like I go we, every week, I'll go through every single team schedule, rate the wins, rate the losses. And sometimes it gets down to, like, well, do I put this team here? Do I put this team here? And that's when I'll, like, run. usually Chris, like, because he's like, no, I, usually I'll see your rankings and then not understand it. And then you explain to me why you did it that way, and it makes perfect sense. But sometimes there will be teams. Like, the biggest example, I guess, and preseason is a whole different, a whole different can of worms. You know, you're you send out. 700 emails you get everyone's player saying you get coaches that's and you write up some other players the ones that send them in and it's just going through all that information well this team i think is the best because they say abcd 
And sometimes right. coaches don't tell you the truth. But generally, with us, they know we want the best for their guys. We're not going to not talk down about them. We're not gonna, So they'll tell us, like, straight up, like, everyone's really high on this guy, but I really think this guy's the guy that we're going to rely more on, even though no one's talking about him. And so, so is it kind of based that, off, like, like pre- player hype? A little. But also there's the return factor, like, okay, this team finished sick. Like, a big example is Monroe. A team in New York. I had never heard of Monroe, New York, ever. But the past two years, the two, the first year I did this, they finished, they went one-two barbecue at Grand Junction, but they returned nine, I think they returned like 12 guys for last year. Well, they went again last year, and they returned like 13, 14 guys. So they had 14 or so guys returning. So, okay, okay like they're gonna, they've got experience coming into this year. They've, you know, they've added one or two pieces. So say the big thing here, the preseason, it came down to you know, John, Wabash Valley, Iowa Western, and McClennan. Mm-hmm. And that was like our four, like one, two, three, four. And it was, you know, we kind of had it set like early December, late December. Well, then we get the news that someone left Iowa Western and went to McLennan. So we're like, well, okay, now McLennan's number one. Then a week later, we get that someone left Sanjak and went to Iowa Western. And yeah. we're like, oh, well, wait. Now, no, now Iowa Western's number one. But then, oh, wait, someone left Sanjak and went to Wabash Valley. So now, wait, that changes that thing. And then they got that pulled in. So it was kind of like, there's some of the draft stuff that comes in and hype, but it's, right. I mean, we've got buddies that are scouts. I mean, a lot of stuff too. We've got, a, I mean, last year, not this year, but going into year two, I remember texting Brian when I was doing my preseason stuff and texting him and I just go, am I crazy or is Wabash Valley really that good? Like, am I crazy if I, and he goes, no, I was about to text you the same thing. Like if you were thinking the exact, and I was like, I mean, you played it. Uh, no, you didn't play it. You weren't there. No. But, like, Wabash Valley was, like, on paper at the beginning of the year. They were that good. And I was like, okay, like, this is the first year I'm doing it this way. Because the first year I did it, I took perfect games ranking, college newspapers ranking, uh, NJC, and kind of, like, looked at where everyone had them and said, okay, here I go. Because I had 200 followers. No one knew who I was. Like, you know, if it hits, it hits. It's it's if the shooters shoot. Right. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Michael Scott, Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> like, you know, you miss, so if it didn't happen, it didn't happen. But it, it slowly, that's how I did the first one. Because I didn't, I started it January, like two weeks before the season started. But then it changed. And then this year, more coaches. So it, it's just a weird kind of exponential growth, I guess. So Gosh, I don't remember what the original question was. Oh, about rankings. Rick, yeah, but it's, like how you're developing the rankings. It, it's, you know, you look at, say, say y'all, at one point, what? Y'all were 18-0, but That's, then. Yeah, yeah, we were 19-0, and then. So y'all didn't, like, no, we lose any games. The, the highest win, we were 20-0, I believe. Or no, 19-0, won again, and then, yeah. I think 19 to know it was. Because y'all finished 20 and 1. Right. Regardless, whatever. But 
at one point, you know, it's like, okay, y'all are eight, 18, 19, or, or whatever. But then, like, y'all bump up to number one. But it was like Wabash lost a game or something. Mm-hmm. Like, they shouldn't have. And then it's like, well, y'all lost the game. Y'all shouldn't have, like, the next week. And it's like, 100%. well, okay. Y'all lost the game you shouldn't have. But the game Wabash won, they should have won. And they won it like they should have. You'd expect them to win. Yeah. So, like, yes, y'all lost. And, yes, Wabash won. But, like, it, it's not enough for us to, like, justify flipping. When right. someone's like, well, you see that, oh, they're 19-1, and one, and this team just lost, and they won four games this week, and they won it by 40. Well, yeah, you'd expect them to win by 40. Mm-hmm. So, them winning by 40, is it going to push them over a team where you lose by two? Like, yeah, you all probably shouldn't have lost the game on paper, but you all lose by two versus winning four games by 40. But y'all are still like, you know what I'm like, it, There's just a bunch of like behind the scenes stuff, and sometimes it's talking to Chris, and I'm like, well, this team of this, this team of this, did it, did it, did it, did it, and he was an old recruiting coordinator for track. He's like, this, 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 and I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> okay, no, let's roll with that. But usually, like, once I explain why I put the things, I do a lot of the research and a lot of the digging, and do the first kind of draft of the rankings, and then he will look at it give his opinion, and then we'll tweak it, debate it, and then, yeah. There's more debating, believe it or not, between 15 and 25 than there is between 14 and 1, which <laughs> wow, sounds probably crazy, but that's how it rolls. So kind of piggybacking off that, and I think, and I'm not sure if you did it last year, you might have, but this year I saw that you started like the, the JBB odds for games. How do you, how do you come up with those oh, the odds yeah. on that? So, my best friend, the punter, got me into gambling, and then one of the tools that I use, I'm not going to give it out, but I use it for a lot of stuff. It kind of helps remind me of strength of schedule, strength of future schedule. Well, it, it'll give projected game things like, oh, they're projected to win by five. Oh, there's minus five or okay. minus four and a half. And, like, and some of it changes. Like, I'll look at it, okay, this does this, but I know X, Y, and B are pitching, and I know, like, oh, this team is this. Like, the computer doesn't necessarily take in the fact that, oh, they're the number one team in the country, so team that's not the number one team in the country is probably going to throw their top two guys. Well, I know who their top two guys are, so that tweaks it a little bit. And right. I don't know. It was just something fun that it helped guys, I guess, pay attention to what was going on in the other country because, like, I'm not saying gambling is good by any means, but I mean, you're paying more attention to a game if you're like, well, I picked Eastern Oklahoma to win by two runs over Connor State. I picked them to win that. Well, you're in Illinois, Indiana, wherever you are. Chances are any other week, you're not really paying attention to who won that game, but since I have a leaderboard and since I'm like, Poking, I mean, it was all fun. Like, there was no money behind it. There was no good. Right. Someone in Florida is going to pay attention to how their record is. If, oh, I went this, 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 and I want to be the top name on this week's thing. So I'm going to pay attention to who won the Connors Eastern Oklahoma State game, even though I'm in Florida. Right. So it kind of it grew awareness. Like, you're not going to pay attention to Cuesta Orange Coast which is two schools no one outside of California has ever heard of. I guess Orange Coast a little bit more this year, but no one's going to pay attention to that. Well, I put that up there. Oh, wait, 
a couple people look into it. Oh, okay. Like it. I mean, it just grows the awareness a little bit. There'd be ten games a week, and then we're super cool with the guys over at NAIA Ball, and mm-hmm. they would kind of give us their takes on games to pick, and we would roll with those just because. I mean, that's another branch you can get them on. They're awesome. Robbie's my guy, but yeah, I'll have to they're fun. They're fun. But so how how many hits did you know? Like how many viewers did you end up getting on the the odds there? Like people picking. I mean, some weeks it'd be twenty or thirty people a week. Some weeks it'd be like ten. I think there was a steady group of, and it de- it depended on which teams were playing. Mm-hmm. Obviously, because some teams have a little bit bigger social media presence than others, but. There was probably a good group of 10 to 15 different people that would make picks every week. And I would say, like, hey, use the same name if you're coming back so I could put it in and keep track of the wins and the losses. And there's probably a steady group of 10 to 15 people that were there every single week and would make a pick every single week if it was one or two. And, you know, it, it was fun. It was something to add to. I mean, part of this is just growing awareness. Like, it seems like junior college is a huge a way bigger, more talked about thing now. And I don't want to say it's because me and Chris are doing what we're doing, but it's kind of the, well, when people talk about it, people listen, and then right. most people pay attention. So, so I'm not saying it was because of us. I'm not I'm not going to even claim that, but it's something to think about. Like, well, it's way more mainstream now. So definitely is it because we started doing what we're doing? And so, I mean, I was, I hate to say it because I'm this, official, unofficial voice of junior college baseball. But when I was committed to Howard, A, I had no idea how it had the past they did. I was like, I don't want to go to a community college. Like, why would I go to one? They don't mm-hmm. have good sports. Like, I remember thinking that when I'm 18 years old and not doing anything. I really show up on campus that. and I look, oh, oh, two years ago, they were 63-1 and one and they won a national title. Wait, they're four years away from having the best college baseball record ever? Right. Wait, there's seven of the top 100 prospects in the country on campus with me in Big Spring, Texas. <laughs> what, what, and I was a baseball guy, like, and I had no idea this school, this town even existed until I showed up. I'll tell and you what. And now it, it's helped me build this and promote other things. And the coach literally goes, the trainer, the trainer texted me one time and goes, the three years you were at this school and all you got out of it was junior college baseball, really? That's all you got out of it? I paid for your school for three years and this is all you got out of it? Like, <laughs> dude, it's like, hey, I'll come and talk to your trainers. I'm not <laughs> ever going to forget about them. I promote the trainers when I see their stuff. Like, they're the unsung heroes. Like, they're there an hour before. They're there two hours after. Like, it's – I wouldn't be if I, where I am if it wasn't for that guy. So, I feel you on that. And – Kind of touching up on, like, you're talking about just not knowing too much about, like, JUCO. I know for me, like, John A. Logan is 25 minutes from my house. And I had never been to a John A. Logan baseball game before. Last year, I went to the region tournament. It was my first time ever. So I I had left Coastal, and I drove straight from Coastal to John A. kind of just to check it out. And just seeing, like, this first time, and I'm looking at – I'm, I'd been researching, looking online, like looking at these dudes that they've got, and I'm looking at their past history. I'm like, dang, they're like they're just getting. I mean, they're getting dudes. They got guys like Trey Riley getting picked in the second, third round, and I'm like, this is 25 minutes from my house, and I had no idea. I mean, McLennan, 
So I'm from like just north of Dallas. A lot of people know Frisco now just because that's where the Cowboys training facility is, et cetera. But it was a tiny little, tiny little town when I moved there and grew up. McClendon is in Waco. That's like an hour and a half away from me. They're always really good. Weatherford is the other side of the Metroplex. Had no idea. Grayson is an hour north of where I grew up. Had no idea. Like, I was in this, in there, I think, through high school. Howard won a national title. Grayson won a national title. McClendon won a couple of years. Like, there were things happening all over me, and I had no idea. Yeah, just like seeing that, like we were talking about earlier, like you guys not knowing about teams in Florida or Nevada or Illinois, it's the same thing now, like talking about Texas teams, like growing up, I I couldn't have told you one other, probably two or three other Jigos outside of the state of Illinois, and like you're talking about Texas, like everybody knows San Jack, everybody knows McLennan, everybody knows Grayson, like it's just blown up. Like you were talking about the social media presence is really just caught on fire for everything in sports. And let's talk to like Grace is a, a really good example this year. And I know Dusty, awesome dude. Uh, their assistant, awesome dude. I talk to him all the time. But Grayson, when like when we were doing our preseason stuff, we looked at him and it was like Grayson is what Grayson is. They are the same team they are every single year. They're, they're a little better. Okay, well, they're a little bit better than what they are every single year. But then we look at McLennan, and we're like, well, hot damn. You have <laughs> A, B, C, D, E. You get this guy coming in. You have 15 returners. You got all this. Well, McLennan's a favorite region for sure. Well, after the seven weeks that happened, I was think I was going to come out of that region. Just because of how they beat San Jack three times. Like, San Jack was, had seven losses on the season, and they lost to Grayson three times. Like, Are you talking what? about 2019? No, like this year. Oh, this, this current year. year. So oh, wow. Grayson played three times. Grayson beat San Jack three times, and San Jack only had like six or seven losses. But they lost to San- Grayson three times. It was like, That's well, crazy. now looking at it, wait, wait. Like, Grayson... No one was talking about them at the beginning of the year. Like they have a good social media presence, but they're not loud. They're not. They're not going to push it out there. They're in freaking. I should know that. the town they're in. I broke my freaking collarbone in. But like, <laughs> it's a little town that no one's talking about. Like no one knows about it unless they're there. And they were they were rising up and rolling up and showing up and kicking ass and taking names and you know no one was talking about. So it was too late, and the season's over. So You're right. It's like with Sanjak. They got guys like Luke Little and Austin Morozis, and everybody's talking about them. Or my, my guy that I trained with, Jackson Rutledge, last year. They're, I mean, they're getting all this this attention drawn to them. It's kind of, I feel like it's kind of like – I don't know if it's sucking away from everybody else, but it seems like they've got – them. Sanjak and McLennan just have that huge spotlight in Texas. Mm-hmm. They do. They do, they do. They both have great facilities. Minus ours and San Jack's relationship is slowly being mended. Slowly but surely. I'm not going to go too into that. But slowly but surely being mended. Piece by piece. Yeah. But there's a professional relationship between the two parties. That's all we need. Yeah, for sure. I got a, uh, 
I got a question from one of my teammates. He wanted to ask you. This is actually from Matt Perigo. He's a WKU signee. He's uh, asking. He's wanting to know about your your opinion on the influence of Eric Sim on junior college baseball. Good freaking gosh. <laughs> Sim is a clown. And I mean that in the grit. Okay. For anyone outside of, like, I think college baseball, when you hear the word clown, you associate it as bat. <laughs> I mean clown in, like, the greatest sense of the word clown. <laughs> I've talked to him a few times. We've interacted a bunch on Twitter. I mean, I, we had him on our show last year. Like, he's awesome. He grows it. He grows it a little bit different than we do, but we right. do it kind of the same way. Like, he's a little bit more blunt than we are. He's a 100%. little bit more just, you know, no Fs given. I mean, I love his stuff. I laugh at it. Like, I mean, he remembers me from coming on our show, and he'll hit me. Like, I mean, I shouldn't say he hits me up, but, I mean, like, when he, he'll he reply when I, like, tag him in something because, I mean, you know, we, were, we built that kind of, I guess, respectful professional relationship, but, I mean – He's awesome. He's hilarious. He puts a different, I mean, I'm like, literally since this quarantine stuff has happened, I literally looked at my brother-in-law before he left. And I was like, dude, let's just go throw. Do you still right. have the, the connections to your high school? Like, can we just go hit in the cage? Like, I have nothing else to do. I still got some juice in me. Let's see if I can still put it up and just post it. Cause for some reason, someone would probably think it's entertaining me throwing a baseball, seeing how hard I can, or how fast I can tear my UCL. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's, I, I mean, I have nothing bad to say about him. He's hilarious. I love finding watching his stuff. Like, I mean, he definitely I think the put, best. He he, he put it on in a different way, and oh, I mean, it's just a different way, but it's a different way and not a bad way. I I don't want to talk down at all, but different in a good way. He's yeah, he, putting the the party side to it. Granted, I I know the party side of it. I did the party side of it. I was the mastermind behind the party side of it at Howard for my last year. But that's because I was a 21 year old on campus. But that's yeah. So I don't know. Just wait, I got this. nothing but awesome for what he does. I love it. Just watching him and seeing the content that he puts out and like he's he's responding to these guys' challenges. Like he ice his arm for 20 minutes and then does a pull down, or he's throwing a kettlebell at 3 a.m. for shit. Who knows for what reason? Just to do it. Like, nobody does know. that. I mean, he's trying to live an entire Juco life at however old he is right now. He's not that. He's not much more older than me, but I'll give him props because I tried to swing. We talked about it on our show. was either last week or the week before. Me and my brother-in-law found a wiffle ball bat in my in-law's garage, <laughs> and we've been playing a ping-pong tournament league because we got nothing else to do. And me and him... And the five-year-old decided it would be fun to try and have a home run derby with a wiffle ball bat and ping pong balls. My shoulder is still sore a week later. <laughs> you chucking like, it? Oh no, it's from swinging. Oh, I was trying. And I was swinging and missing. You trying to take that ping four, pong ball? Trying to take the four or five-year-old deep? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You gotta learn somehow. You gotta teach him young. I, I mean. But then it would be me and my brother-in-law doing it and just seeing who could hit the ball farther. And it just, like, I wake up the next morning and I was like, okay, my right shoulder hurts. It hasn't felt like this in years. Pretty sure I just pulled something. I'm sore everywhere that I shouldn't be sore. Like, so That's hilarious. <laughs> all props to him because I would probably die. Like, I'm in shape-ish. I'm in A shape. But, man, 
I love to just get drunk and throw in a prison cage and do my thing. Uh, he's, I'd be all for that. He's living a good life right now. I mean, he's got nothing else to do. He manages the bar. They're closed. So. Yeah, he's he's got all the time in the world. Mm-hmm. I know kind of kind of changing up watching your uh, your Twitter live last night. And I know some people were getting on and kind of asking questions about this whole thing, what's going on with the coronavirus and COVID-19, whichever way you take it there. But what are some of the, the biggest challenges that you've talked with coaches or players that they're kind of going through right now with this whole epidemic? So I think we get a little bit more just because of like the relationships that we built. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's one coach literally was on so i don't think i'm a, i'll put claim to this i'm pretty sure i'm the reason that the NJCAA decided to delay it the way they did just because i was pushing all that stuff out as mm-hmm. i was because i was talking to all the region heads but that day that it all went down i was i'm not going to name names but i was on the phone with with coaches a coach and it was me and chris and we're talking and mm-hmm. we asked like yo what are we doing and he goes man this is my record I really liked our team this year. I'm sitting in my dugout and I'm drinking a 30 because I have nothing else to do. And that's just how I feel. And it was like that, just him being like that blunt. I shouldn't say blunt, but just being that honest. Like, I mean, I had all these high hopes and this is what I'm doing because what else am I supposed to do? How right. else am I like, I was supposed to be at practice right now, but our whole season just got canned. Like what else am I supposed to do? For sure, and like I think the, the day that we found out at Logan, we just like we kind of heard a little like there's rumors about it, like seeing from like Division One. But once it, once the NJCAA kind of finally put it out there, and Coach Supernot at here at Logan did a really good job of he got us in a meeting kind of before we saw anything on social media because he wanted to let us find out from him personally, and uh, we had our coaching staff in there with our AD, and. Everybody kind of knew kind of what was going on. We had our fingers crossed of that we were still going to get to play and try to go win that national title. But we sat in that room, and he walked in real slow, and you can kind of see it on his face that the news wasn't good. But at that time, it was still kind of undecided. Really, nobody knew what was going on. But when he opened his mouth, starts telling us what he's hearing. I mean, it was silent. I mean, you could have heard a pin drop from across the gym. So, I mean, with that, there was a couple things, too, from coaches where – because, you know, I, for a lot of people that followed it, I'm assuming a lot of people that are listening probably followed me or followed whatever. Mm-hmm. But, you know, coaches would tell me things, and I'd be sources say, sources say, sources say, sources say. Well, coaches would then DM me and say, hey, this is our ruling, but I don't want you – it's not out yet. I want you to be the person that puts it out. But I'm having a meeting at 4 p.m. or 4 Eastern. Mm. I know that 1 o'clock Pacific for you. Do not put this out until that time because we will be in a meeting. I will have my guys. They'll be off their phones. I want to be the first person to tell them because they owe, I owe them that much. Right. You do your thing. Here's your information. But don't do this until this point. So I was like, yes, sir. Like. And I, I still I feel like coaches don't owe me anything. They give me it, but hey, can you just you just hold off? It'd be eight o'clock in the morning. Hey, this is our ruling. They have class. I don't want them to be distracted. Just 
they're already talking about all this other stuff. Just don't put out the ruling yet that this is official until this time. You know, I would do that, and sometimes people would ask me, like, how did I know? I mean, I'm not going to say, like, oh, yeah, your coach told me this. I guess I'm telling him now. Like, your coach told me this 12 hours ago, and he said not to say anything. But right. it was just – and with so to answer the original question, there's a couple things I think there's a lot of people aren't thinking about. There's – you're in a good spot because, A, you were a sophomore – you're going to a school that needs, I mean, I don't know what Akron's uh, roster situation is, but it's a lot of freshmen and sophomores. There's not a handful of juniors, but there's not, like, they don't have a senior class. So all the right. guys are coming back anyways. So you're not really knowing who's coming back, who's not coming back. But then there's there's the sophomores that can leave, and they can go. But then there's the sophomores that can leave, but get the year back, but then they can't. Also, but they can't stay because of the class obligation. Right. They've had too many hours. They can't stay, but they haven't found anywhere to go yet. They haven't picked a school. And now they're playing a waiting game with the coaches that they were talking to because those coaches now don't know who they have coming back. Then there's, you know, there's the redshirt freshmen that are like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, dude, just stay at your place. Like, right. if you're there, stay there. And then there's the – I've got a couple – a couple. I mean, this was a tweet I put out a while back. But say say you're going in your sophomore year and you're at, say, like – say you're at Akron. And you end up uh, – your sophomore – or you're going – say you're going in your sophomore year. You're a freshman going in your sophomore year and – you, you know, I'm not really liking what I'm doing. So you transfer to a junior college, right? Play your sophomore year, find a new school. Well, what happened is, you know, all those sophomores that were going to be sophomores this year, they get the year back. So technically, technically speaking, as if they can fulfill the class obligations at a junior college, they get the sophomore year back. They can transfer to a junior college, play their sophomore year at a junior college and go to a different school. Right. So then there's there's that group of people. And then there's the incoming freshman class that say we're committed to power five, but now those power five seniors and juniors are coming back because they're not getting drafted. They're not leaving. They're not graduating. They want to stay. So now they get released and then they end up either at another mid or mid major division two, II, division three, or they end up at junior colleges. So there's those freshmen. But then what I think a lot of people aren't thinking about is three, four years down the road, this is something I've been on a couple of shows now, and this has kind of got brought up. But say there's for a lot of sure, this is more, I guess, obligated to the four year, the four year schools. Right. So those recruiting coordinators recruit for four to five years, right? They're recruiting way in advance. So they're recruiting mm-hmm. the 2023s right now. Well, they offer a 2023, but that 23's mon- money that he's committing to and verbally committing to getting. Well, that guy that has that money right now is a freshman or was going to be a sophomore who was going to be a junior that's possibly going to leave. Well, now he's a freshman again. Right. He might not leave in three years. So now this sophomore in high school right now is now stuck and doesn't know what he's doing because he committed it, but now he can't commit. He thought he had his things figured out, but now he doesn't have his things figured out. So then that messes up even – it's like the trickle-down effect. And then for 
I don't think it's going to be forever, but for four or five years, guys are going to end up at schools that they didn't think they were going to end up, and talent is going to be a bigger and a wider thing. Like, the big guys are going to end up at the big schools, but then, the, the you know, the, the cusp power five mid-major guy might end up at a D2. Might end right. up at a junior college that he wasn't planning. Like, guys are going to end up in the next couple years at schools they didn't think they were going to end up, and it's going to just increase the level of college baseball as a whole. So it's like it's like a, it sucks, but at the same time, it very much makes things better. And if there's any silver lining, this was on a show that I was on last week, and we talked about it. And I didn't think about this. They asked us like, if there's any silver lining, anybody that's good. What what's a good thing? And it came down to we said the the freshmen and the sophomores that are getting this year back. Because say you're at a junior college or say you're at a four year school, you get the year back, but say you're there still on scholarship. Say say your school offers a master's degree plan. Mm-hmm. Technically, if you're there at a school for six years, you get your undergrad and your master's paid for. If you're redshirting, right. you redshirted, and then you got the COVID redshirt, like. You just got six years of school paid for, and you got your master's, and you still play college ball. That really, I guess, pertains to the freshmen and the sophomores right. more so than anyone else. But, I mean, that's like if you're looking at it that way, that was something I didn't even think about until it was said. And then it was like, that makes a lot of sense. Because, yes, everyone's dream is to play professionally, to get drafted, play professional baseball. But, I mean, you're going to school. You're also getting a degree. You're also – chances are – you're going to end up in the professional world. Like, just say you've got your master's goes a long ways. I mean, saying you have yeah. a bachelor's goes a long ways. But, like, you got your master's and you didn't pay what some other people paid for. Like, I put you a little bit step ahead after you get out of school. Which, if there's a silver lining to it, that's what it is. It's just not a very well thought out thing. Or thought about thing, I should say. Not thought through. Yeah, I I, I didn't think of anything like that until you just said that. I know... The thing I tweeted like probably close to a month now ago is I think baseball coming back in the 2021 season at all levels, I think it's going to be absolutely insane because I think so many guys are realizing that this sport could end in a heartbeat. I mean, you never know when your last game is going to be and just going on and people, you can see them on social media or guys that you know that you're talking to at other programs, just seeing the work that they're putting in with the time, the extra time that they've got, I think it's going to be huge. And, I mean, I've said this multiple times. I guess it this goes for every level. But the because Division One is in the field of 64, generally you have 1 through 32, all really good teams. There's not – I mean, there's a definite separation between, you know, 1 to 16, but, like, 17 through 32, there's not much. 32 to 64, there's a little bit of a drop-off. I think this upcoming year and maybe the next one or two years, maybe three, the separation between one to 64 is going to be a much slimmer margin mm-hmm. of talent differential. Like there's not going to be the 09 Fresno State. There's not going to be the Coastal Carolina from 2016. There's not going to be, you know, guys that – like there will be a couple that squeak in, but the talent isn't going to be any different. It's not going to be a team that – literally lost the first game of the regional turn or their conference tournament, had to win the next five, won them, got into the regional, lost the first game of the regional, won the next four, 
Lost the first game of the Super. Won the next two. Lost the first game of the World Series. Won out. Got to the World Series. Oh, wait. They lost the first game of the World Series. And then won the next. Like, that's not going to happen. Right. I mean, I don't think that will ever happen ever again anyways. Like, that that Fresno State team was the first college baseball team I followed in the postseason ever. Because I had family that lives in Fresno. Okay. And so, like... That's I am a little bit more tied to that just because of that because I was the first that's like the first one where I really watched it and I really followed it. I think I was what oh no I know I was a freshman sophomore in high school, right. so you know I was still kind of but like I don't think that's gonna happen. There's not gonna be a Coastal Carolina that I mean that team was loaded the team was good shit. My brother-in-law was the manager for the Oklahoma State team that was there, and he was like they were weird dudes and they were small but they were good like they deserved right. to be there like. We should have beat them. Like, we had more talent, but, like, they played the game the way they played, and it was just different. Like, the talent's just going to be so much closer. The games are going to be so much better. It's going to be – the midweek game is going to be such a better midweek game. And I think – That's going to be a crazy part, too. I think there's a few schools, I think, that are really going to benefit. I think Akron is one of them because guys are going to end up at Akron that – didn't think they were going to end up at Akron. Not, not in a bad. I'm not saying that in a bad way. Right. But in year two of a program restarting, you're going to get guys you didn't think you were going to get. Boise State, same way. Freaking Cleveland County, the North Carolina school. Yeah. They're get. They've got a handful of big time D1 North Carolina guys that are coming to Cleveland County Community College to be a Yeti, and it's the first year of ever having a program like. Guys are going to end up at schools that they didn't think they were going to end up at. The talent is going to be raised because of that, and baseball is going to be better for it. College baseball, I think, is going to be 100 times better than it was this year, but I think it's going to be better than the major leagues. Like, I love the majors, but I, I don't know. I like college sports better. That's, I agree. But I think it's going to be just – it's going to be fun next year. It's going to be a lot of fun next year. And hopefully – our flow sports deal keeps rolling, and I keep getting to be able to watch free baseball all the time. So <laughs> my wife will hate that, but I will love that. No, I'm 100% with you. This, The next year and the years coming after that, I, it's going to be nuts of just the, the talent level, the people that are getting the, how much stronger they're getting just already, just bringing in all that new data into today's game. It's going to be crazy. And the data, I mean, that's another thing where – when I started this, everyone's like, oh, the data, oh, the analytics. Like, that was just starting, like, to get mainstream when I started this thing, to look at the stats and then break the stats apart and to say, well, he's doing this, so he's a little bit better than this. But, like, the eye test is this, but his stats say this. Like, and that's kind of the niche that I fell into when I started this. Like, that was still the new thing, and now it's mainstream because social media speeds everything up 10 years. But, I mean – that all change it again social media just kind of speeds up things and it brings things to the forefront and makes things easier and more accessible in good ways like i mean right. there's goods and bads and i mean some people hate social media because they're like oh it's all bad i mean i wouldn't be where i was if it wasn't for social media so i'm a little right. bit like i think there's good to it but i've used it the way i have and built a lot of relationships the way i have through it you can use it for good or you can use it for bad. And so it kind of, it's a double-edged sword. I mean, I have to do some dumb stuff that have gotten me in trouble. So like going off what you're talking about with the analytics kind of like starting to be new. I know for, with us at Logan and it's 
pretty new for junior college baseball in general. I know, I know there was five or six schools on our schedule. I don't know how familiar you are with uh, Synergy, but we like anything we any numbers we want to know about our players or if the other teams we've got have a Synergy account, we can go and watch their video from all angles. We got the front, the center field cam, the home plate cam. It breaks down every number you could possibly think of about when he threw this pitch and what count or what the result was. Or same thing, breaking down by hitting. You can watch guys on base. And just having that that technology, especially at the, the junior college level, just feel it gives definitely anyone an advantage being able to look at that stuff. I mean, I mean, I did not know that, that that was a thing. But also, I think the more that it's become mainstream, it's become more steadily available for people. Like, you don't need a baseball operations stats guy. I mean, no junior, a couple of junior colleges have baseball operation people. But it's you got your head coach, you got your assistant, and then you got maybe a volunteer assistant. And then, like, a local person that helps out that's, like, volley two, kind of. And then you got, like, a student assistant. So it's, like, it's not, you know, you don't have the staff. But now it's such easier and more readily available. And there's companies that have helped make it cheaper. And Mm -hmm. it just then helps raise the level. That also is helping raise the level of everything. I know we got, got one of our volunteer assistants getting excited over here. He's getting some love. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I we had a, I mean, I know about the volunteer, but it's like we had a guy on, on our show this past week, and he's like, I was like, I don't, it's like, is there anything different? And he's like, well, there is, and this is it, but really there's not. Like, I mean, I'm a huge a proponent of the paid third assistant, second, I was whatever it is. Like, yeah. like, I'm, why not? Like, football coaches have, but there's, 57 60 there's a hundred something guys and they have maybe 15 coaches like yeah like baseball you don't have as many people and yes it's kind of a little bit more one-on-one at times but having that extra person paid for like it's just again it's just gonna make the game better like baseball people don't think like baseball brings in money look at mississippi i mean I'm using big time division one examples, but look at Mississippi state. I want to go to Mississippi state and watch a baseball game. I want to go to LSU and watch a baseball game. I want to go to Florida and watch a baseball game. You know how much money comes in from those games? A lot. I feel like schools just going off with that. I don't think the NCAA allows baseball to be able to make money like it should be too. I mean, that's, it's just because it's a longer game and there's not as much action. And I say that, I mean, people are listening. They're not seeing me do air quotes, but Mm -hmm. I mean, I I can sit at a little league game. I'm one of those weird people. You can put me at a t-ball game, and I'm just as entertained as if I'm watching like LSU Mississippi State. Like, yes, I'm a little bit more excited if I'm at an LSU Mississippi State game. Right. I'm probably a little shaky and excited, like a freaking kid in a candy store. But I like baseball. If t-ball, like I got such a kick out of coaching a t-ball team and being <laughs> like, here's the X, protect your treasure, come back to your treasure after you go chase the ball, <laughs> like. And that was just breaking it down for four, three, four, five, six-year-olds to like, I need to come back to my position. I need to protect this X. Like, I like baseball. I like baseball at all levels. Like, some people think like, oh, it's T-ball. I'm just watching. Like, it's the same as watching soccer. You're watching a three-year-old run around a field, kick a ball. (laughs) But, I mean, it's my choice, I guess. Like, I mean, I'm a weird baseball nut when it comes to that. 
So on the on the flip side of that, what are kind of a little personal? What what are some things you like to do outside of baseball when you're not doing all the JBB stuff? I mean, I spend a lot of time with, I mean, my wife and my kids. I mean, I'm married with two kids. Like that immediately makes me like 47. Like <laughs> I look like I'm 18, 19. I'm 27, and I'm married with two kids. Like, I mean, definitely getting some looks there. <laughs> so. I mean, there's a lot of that. There's, I got into a, like, yeah, before I met my wife, I played a lot of video games. I got super into FIFA. I mean, the show, I'll play that every now and again. I'm introducing the five-year-old to Smash Brothers. Oh, yeah. Won, won a uh, bowl betting thing with my father-in-law and won, like, two grand and split it with my brother-in-law because we were in the same pool thing and did a dumb purchase and bought like a Nintendo switch. And I'm like, because I mean, I could buy the new whatever, but I'm like, okay, wait, he's slow. He's at that age, you know? And so we sit there and we play super smash bros for like four hours sometimes, but he's like, Oh, I want to be donkey Kong. I want to be Bowser. Like, (laughs) I mean, so, I mean, there's that, like I'm slowly introduced. I mean, a lot of my stuff outside of baseball, it's kids. It's, I, I love cooking people. I mean, I post a lot of pictures and videos of me cooking sometimes like, that was always my fallback if training never worked out i wanted to go to culinary school and become a cook but then i discovered that you don't get paid very much to be a cook mm-hmm. so wait a minute i cook all the time i made freaking oh i made dr pepper chicken wings last night i was a little bit more excited than i should have been but they turned out perfect oh yeah really good but i mean it's just hanging out with my family i mean hanging out with the kids and doing this like i mean that's not much else my family's still all in Texas, so I don't see them as much as I'd like. But, I mean, I literally live – I'm 27. I, a, I live in a tiny house. I live in Central California, which is, like, basically where I live is where people go on vacation. But yet I live with, like, a $2 million view, and I'm 27, and I really don't pay for much outside of, like – because my in-laws allow us to live on their land. Like, That's super cool. I literally, I literally look across the, like – vineyard thing i don't know there's farms or whatever and i see robin ventura's house and it's like two miles away from my house and i see it and it's like okay like i don't there's no (laughs) reason like i posted a picture i don't know a week or two ago and like we built a patio outside of our house and i was like it was like a sunset or something i was like you know for being 27 i don't really deserve to live here someone commented and they were like oh it's that jb me i was like dude there ain't no money with this like there's a some but like not enough to have this kind of view. Like this right. is literally a two million dollar view, and I'm 27, and I just walk out my front door and I can see the ocean. Like I don't, hell no, I don't. I say I married way the hell up, like way way the hell up. <laughs> but it's, I mean, that's, I mean, outside of baseball, outside of work, it's family and hanging out and cooking and being a dad, being, I don't know, yeah. Continuing on that, this little rapid fire we got going on here. What are your uh, your top fa- your top five favorite artists you listen to? So, this might date me a bit. Blink One Eighty Two. Oh, I saw like, that tweet today. That's anytime, any place. Twice on Sunday, like I can put them on. That's that's the number one band. Like, that, I guess it's a weird acquired taste, like. They're my people. I love them. Uh, super into, I mean, I literally listen to like everything. 
big Eric Church fan. Like, okay. best concert I ever went to. Pit. We got the both drumsticks. We got those signed set lists. Like, best concert I've ever been to. Going back again this summer because he's at the fair out here. Um, what was it top five? Five of all time. Like, I mean, I don't know. Uh, there's like ones that it's like where I listen to. Like, I was on a big kid quill kick for I don't know, like three four months. Okay. But I don't know. Thomas Rhett is up there, but that's just because I was minding my wife's songs. Hey, that dude's solid. Uh, one Adam Doliak. This might sound weird. He's kind of in the same genre of Thomas Rhett, but he played at Southern Miss, and okay. he wrote the song for the intro to the College World Series last year, and that's how I found him. I was like, oh, I kind of like this song. And then I was like, oh, wait, he played college baseball. Oh, wait, I like all this other stuff. Like, so I guess there's a lot of country. Like, those are kind of, I guess, you're like looking. Kind of storyline of, like, Brett Young. Yeah. Uh, I think they actually played against each other. I mean, Brett Young's up there. I mean, I literally listen to everything. But, like, Blink-182, Eric Church, or, like, NEA. It's more Joanna Cotton than Eric Church. But no one knows who Joanna Cotton is because that's her his backup singer. She's got, she's got some pipes. But, I mean, I'll listen to anything rap anymore gosh at howard it was all about kid cuddy that that kind of dates me a little bit <laughs> but kid cuddy was the was the jam i don't know i literally listen to everything and i get on a kick like I, there's been times where i'll listen to broadway musicals just because back growing up we used to go to broadway musicals all the time and i thought it was like i enjoyed them and it's like eh, i'm feeling this i'll go study put those on and just kind of zone out and do work at college and I don't know. Wow. So next question we got here for you. Favorite ice cream flavor? Ooh, cookies and cream. Cookies, Followed a... very closely by the mint chip. Like I, I can't do mint. I don't ever since I was a kid, can't do it. See, I'm like if I smell peppermint, I get like migraines. But Ooh. spearmint, I'm fine. And then wintergreen, I just want to puke. <laughs> I remember like, listening to your podcast talking about putting the winter green dip there. <laughs> it's just, I smell it and it's just like the stomach starts to bubble. And there was a bad experience where I shouldn't have been drinking and then I was dipping <laughs> and then it like came out of both ends and I was like, I'm done. I can't do it. I just, I just can't do it anymore. It, it was, you know, some people have that. And then ever since I see dip and it's just, I can choose still, but Dip, like I just can't no. do it. Can't do it. And I remember, I don't know if you hopefully remember earlier in the show, I said I had a surprise for you. Okay, I'm ready okay. for this. All right, so from listening to your podcast, kind of listening to how you do things, you, the one you always stump people on is I want to hear who's in your golf foursome. Okay, this has changed because like the second or third show this year, it got flipped on me by one of the people that's been on a couple times. So I'd have to say Pat McAfee just because okay. that's who I try to – I mean, I was telling you about this. Like, that's how I try and do interviews. Like, they're conversations. Like, guys, when you cookie-cutter it, like, it kind of feels very cookie-cuttery, and I don't know. He's hilarious. I like to think – Zito, I don't know if you listen to stuff. Zito's like my spirit animal. I feel like I'm a lot like him. Like, I say dumb stuff, but I'm smart, and I get the job done. Um, Randy Johnson, because that's the reason why I'm a Diamondbacks fan. Big okay. lefty, the unit, like, 
that's favorite pitcher of all time. And then, I mean, the third one, I mean, I could go baseball with Pudge. Pudge is the favorite catcher. Would love to just talk shit with him. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, the those, like, Pat and Randy, it's like those two super opposites. But it kind of, I don't know, It's it could go any which way. I'd kind of like to get, and this, this thing changes from time to time, too. Right now, I'd love to get on a golf cart or a golf course with Eric Sim. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, I, yeah, 100%. I'd also like to see how Pat and Sim and Randy Johnson would all interact because I think that would be kind of fun. Right. But I feel like that, yeah, that would be the four right now. But I think every single time I've answered this question, Randy Johnson is always on there. Pat's always on there. But I'm going to go Pat, Randy, and Sim. Like that's that's the that's the foursome right now. It's a pretty solid crew. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, you get your laughs, you get your serious, you get a couple exploding birds, you'd get. <laughs> but I mean, it's and like I wasn't. What brought me to him wasn't even the exploding bird. It was backyard baseball 2001. He was the best pitcher. I always picked him, and then I was like, oh, he's on Arizona. I'll be an Arizona fan, and then I just stuck. No one's an Arizona fan outside of Arizona. Right. I grew up 45 minutes from Arlington. Like, I grew up a Rangers fan. But then I was like, okay, I've got the Rangers, and I got Arizona. But anymore, I get more upset talking trash about Arizona. But that's because I live in a family of Giants fans, and all of their friends are Dodgers fans. And with the circles we're in, I'm not allowed to be a Rangers fan. So there's that. That's wild. That's that's wild. I literally met his wife the very first time, and my wife looks at me. At the time, she was my girlfriend, and she goes, "Turn your hat around." And I go, "Why?" It's like that that that's Robin's wife, and I go, "Shit." <laughs> uh oh. Just did the slow turn around. She looks at me, and goes, "We'll fix this." About a week later, we were playing some tennis thing because I got dragged into it. You know, you're newly dating and you're trying to impress her mom and her family and her friends. I'll go to the tennis mixer with you, babe. Sure. <laughs> Biked a tennis ball off my forehead and said, we're even. It's been great ever since. Holy shit. How is it? What's it like being around Ventura like that? I mean, I kind of still geek out a little bit just because <laughs> I'm like the baseball fan. Like she, when we started dating, she's like, oh yeah, Robin this, Robin. I was like, oh, that's kind of a weird name. And she's like, oh, yeah, you should probably know who it is. I go, why? is like, oh, Ventura. And I was like, huh? <laughs> Wait, what? Like her and her – so her dad and him – I'll debate this probably the day I die. Played on the best college baseball team of all time, the 1986 to 1988 Oklahoma State team. Like they didn't go to the World Series, but, I mean, you had Old Spikes winner, Hall of Famers. Like, But, I mean, when I first met him – it, so here's a funny story. The first time I ever actually met him. So I proposed to my wife in his backyard because we knew we were talking and we're like, this is where we want to do our wedding. So, you know, this is what we're going to do. So I was like, you know, how many times can you propose where you're going to get married? Right. Like, and how many people can do that? And it just happened to be his last year coach or managing the White Sox. And it just happened to be during the All-Star break. And so I'm, you know, I'm pacing. You're not there yet, but I'm pacing. Like, you know, it's been a long day. Like, went center on the scavenger hunt thing. I don't know how I planned all that. So I'm like pacing in his backyard. Like, okay, 
She's going to walk out. I'm going to do this. I'm going to say this. Da, 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 da. And my mother-in-law walks up to me and she's like, hey, no, I want to introduce you to someone. And I was like, oh, okay, sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll go talk to her. And I walk over. And she goes, Noah, this is Robin. Robin, this is Noah. And I was just like, <laughs> hey. And he goes, hey, man, good luck. I know she'll say yes. Whatever. <laughs> like, uh, uh-huh. And so that summer, it was the first summer I was out here. So that, that, that's the first introduction. And so that summer, I was working for his brother at a country club out here. And he was a golf pro. I worked in, like, I was, like, a caddy, cleaned the golf clubs, you know, worked in the golf shop. You know, your normal college. Basically, the first summer, me and my wife were freaking high school musical, too. She was a lifeguard. I worked <laughs> in the golf shop. Like, that's how it was. Well, he was golfing that day. And he looks at me like, you know, we weren't allowed to go in the locker room. And he goes, no, you're coming with me. I was like, I'm not allowed. Like, nope, my brother owns this thing. Like, you're coming with me. And I was like, okay, yes, sir. Like, yep, okay. He walks in and is like, hey, man, super sorry. I know you were thinking about all this other stuff. Like, I didn't want to introduce you. You know your mother-in-law. She has her way with things. You're not going to convince her otherwise. Congrats. But I also want you to know you're basically – I'm basically like your third dad now. So if you hurt her or do anything, I'm coming for you. And I was like, <laughs> yes, sir. Uh-huh. He's like, I would invite you to golf with us right now, but I know you're working. And I was like, so inside I'm terrified. But at the same time, like, I could be golfing with Robin Ventura right now, but I have to clean his golf clubs instead. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. But I mean, A, you never, I don't know if beer dies a game out there. Never oh, yeah. play that with him on the other team. Ever. Ever, never, ever. Uh-uh. Hell no. Like, uh-uh. Is he just ridiculous at it? He'll, like, be looking the other way, and he like, and you're just like, what? it's not fair. It's not fair. He's got six gold gloves and shit. The coolest <laughs> part of his office, it's not the sign Mike Piazza. Hey, I didn't know he was on that mess team. I didn't know he was on the Subway Series team. The coolest part of his office, it's it wasn't the six school gloves, it wasn't the signed Gretzky thing, it wasn't he had a signed Beastie Boys skateboard that said like happy birthday, Robin. And that was the centerpiece. I was like, I want that. He's like, hell no. That's why it's in the center. I was like, <laughs> okay, okay, you're a normal person. You like the Beastie Boys. I can mess with that. We're good like that. I don't see it much anymore just because he's in Oklahoma and works with OSU. But I mean, you know, it's never me being the baseball fan, it's a weird – it freaks me out a little bit. But then I'm like, wait, he's just a normal dude. Like, he, he just made a lot of money and was really good at baseball and played third really good. But he's just a normal dude. Have it's ever, just – Have you ever brought ever, up the Nolan Ryan incident? Hell no. That was the <laughs> one thing I was told never to bring up ever. Like, so my brother-in-law – so I'm in, like, as I said before, I'm, like, in, like, my makeshift brother-in-law studio. Behind his bed, he's got a signed Nolan Ryan of the fight, you know, in the headlock picture, signed by Nolan Ryan. And Bobby was like, you know what? I bet you I could get him to sign it. He won't sign any of that. Like, there isn't a single one. Like, isn't one. So for our wedding, the pastor that did it was my, like, best friend's dad growing up and diehard Rangers fan, has a signed Nolan Ryan ball. Like, they love the Rangers. So I got Robin to sign a baseball for him. So in like their kitchen, there's a signed Nolan Ryan ball right next to a signed Robin Ventura ball. And like people walk in and they're like, 
how did you and he goes i know people i'm like yeah i got a i got a funny story for you so my uh travel ball coach in st louis i played for the st louis gamers was pitcher matt whiteside and he was teammates with nolan ryan at the time so the the bullpen there is they were up elevated on stairs so both both teams had to come down the same set of stairs and he said that he's sitting out there in the pen and they had no idea kind of really what was going on because they were so far back and then they they see both sides coming out you got ryan with ventura in a headlock and they start pushing each other down the stairs trying to get out there and they're got people fighting in center field he said it was just a crazy atmosphere to be in so that first summer i went out there that Day before I hopped on a plane to go out, you know, the very first summer ever, it, I happened to be at the Batista Odor game. Oh, I shit. was at that game. So I get out there, and what does everything get brought up? All the Nolan Ryan stuff. And so then I had a couple buddies I didn't think would show up at our wedding show up, and they're like, hey, my brother loves baseball. He came out on the trip. Like, do you think you can introduce him to, to Robin? Like, And I was like, a, I can, but B, I have to preview any question that he has to ask because if he asks that question, I will kick your brother in the nuts. I don't care if it's my wedding day. I can get away with it. But like <laughs> if he asks this question, like you're not allowed to – like I'm not going to introduce him. So he goes, okay, okay, okay. Brings his, his brother was like 16. He walks up to me and he's like, hey, okay. Cause it, so it was my old roommate's brother. And you know, basically his question was – I guess one of Robin's teammates was his pitching coach, like in Houston. And he was like, Hey, I was told to ask him what it was like pitching his one inning he ever pitched. And I was like, I didn't even know. No, I didn't even know he pitched in. Like, he has a one inning pitch ever. Really? And then I've, and so we asked him, and he just goes, All I have to say is I have a career 0.00 ERA. <laughs> and we're like, Okay. And then, I mean, we're super, I mean, my wife was in his daughter's wedding. Gosh. Okay. More, no, more freaking not knowing Ryan stories More Robin stories. I'll get to this one, but here for we it. got to, you know, find his, uh, you know, I've got, I'm close with the family. My wife was in his daughter's wedding and like they grew up together, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, I asked him about, I asked his daughters about the pitch and I got like the story behind it. And basically, it was like they were out of the pennant chase. Like, they were out of everything. And it was just, you know, a throwaway game. And the manager was like, you know what? It's like the last game of the season. Pick your position. And Robin's like, I'm going to pitch. I, I want to be the pitcher. And, like, that's how it happened. Wow. But basically, at the daughter's wedding, you know, he's excited. He's celebrating. We're at the bar together. <laughs> we're talking. And he, like, drops a glass. And it just shatters. And I shouldn't have – this is one of those things where I say I sometimes have said things I shouldn't say. But he drops the glass. It shatters. And I look at him and I go, I thought you had six gold gloves for a reason. Fuck. (laughs) And he looks at me. He's like, that was a good one. But this is my daughter's wedding. I paid this bartender. Come here. He goes – Six shots, one for each gold glove. Let's go. And I was like, okay, I deserve this. I deserve this. Definitely deserve this. And then I leave. And then all of my buddies were like, dude, 
what just and I go, do you want to know why I just took those things? And they're like, yeah. I was like, you know how Robin dropped that glass? And the guy, yeah. I was like, I told him I thought he had six gold gloves for a reason. <laughs> and they were just like, I was like, I don't, I don't know why he said it. I don't, I, I've been drinking. I don't know. We were shooting <laughs> shit. I was comfortable, and I said it. And they're like, well, okay, no mix, perfect, like. I don't know. So I guess that's like the relationship kind of like, I mean, it's comfortable, but at the same time, it's like, that is, he is kind of a big deal. And, you know, you don't bug him for certain things. You don't talk to him about certain things, but he can cook though too. Tri-tip this thing, but try, no one outside of California knows tri-tip. Basically imagine a brisket, but not juicy, a little bit drier. Huh. Yeah, that's, wow. It's just a different cut of the meat. Those Robin stories are something. And, and and that's just like Robin stories. Like there's, like, like I, we were talking about earlier today, like I've got Juco stories. I got D2 stories. I got, I got all that stuff. It's, I got no, I mean, I know you're probably got a time limit. I've been with kids. I've got the green light to go for as long as I need to go. So I'm good to keep going if you're good to keep going or unless I, you're wanting to go. I don't have anything better to do right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, might as well make the first show a hit, right? Hey, you got to start somewhere. Might as well hey. start with a bang. So far, I think your first show is better than our first show. I was literally talking to myself and restarted 17 times before I finally did the very first full take of me talking to my computer. But that's that's what blows me away. Like just watching ESPN, like seeing those guys like by themselves and like the, yeah, they might get a call in with a a guest that they had set up, but just for the most part, they're just rambling on about what's going on. I mean, hopefully I can get to that level one day, but damn, that's, that, that's just hard. It's just getting comfortable with it. It's trusting you know what you're talking about. It's trusting that you know you've done your research and you've got an audience that will listen even if you go rambling. It's, I mean, and some, I mean, it's just trial and error. It's just shooting it and shooting and shooting it like i was telling you earlier like we bottled fire and this thing grew way faster than it should have ever grown but sometimes it takes three to four years before you see really it goes from you know 10 to 15 it 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 grows slow sometimes but i mean you put in the work it kind of people see you put in the work and people see you you know it 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 is what it is but yeah i guess so your crossbow story that I was telling you about this when you were talking about the four loco, right? So this was a so this was at Angelo State. I at this time I wasn't working with football, I wasn't working with baseball. I was actually working with the women's soccer team, and like we just left the practice and I went straight to the store. You know, like I got nothing to do. It's a it's a Friday night, like whatever. So I went, you know, bought four locos. I think I was playing NCAA two fourteen or something. Was taking. I don't know, some created team to a national title, you know, drinking that in my room. Shouldn't have been drinking it in my dorm room, but, but you know, I was. I was 22, 23. I don't know. I was old for living in the dorms. <laughs> my buddy Sam calls me, and he's like, yo, we've got a party. Do you want to come? I was like, ah, sure. I got nothing else to do. It happened to be like their recruitment week or something, and all of a sudden, like, my neighbor just walks in my room, and we're sitting there, and he was like 18 at the time. Didn't drink, didn't do all that. 
And so he was like, I want to go with you. I was like, well, you can come with us if you're the DD. He was like, okay, deal. <laughs> so we go. We somehow convinced this guy to be our caddy from the party to the car. So we had a cooler in the back of my buddy's car with all of our beer. And we'd run out. Hey, we need four. He'd run out, get four, bring it back to us. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. For like the whole night. We're like, we're living. And so at one point, we're sitting on a couch talking. And my buddy, you know, the beer thing. You tap the top of the beer. It squirts everywhere. Well, like it was right after like the new iPhone came out and I had just gotten it. So what does my dumbass do? Have the phone in one hand and go to cover the drink with the other one. Oh, but shit. it happened to be my phone. And I was like, damn. <laughs> damn. Okay. Then I'm like, okay, the phone's fine. So we're talking in, in West Texas. I don't know if there are any up, up there in Illinois or Indiana or wherever you are. Whataburger's like the thing. Open 24-7. Honey butter chicken biscuits. They're the best. I'll fight anyone on that one. That's the best breakfast, midnight, drunk sandwich, anything ever. But then we're like, hey, DD, we're, we're going to Whataburger. You're taking us. Well, get my buddy's truck, and he's a hunter. He has a crossbow in the back. So I convinced the driver that he – that I had somehow loaded this crossbow, and I pointed it at him, and I said, drive faster. Holy shit. <laughs> It wasn't loaded. He didn't know it wasn't loaded. But I'm in the backseat with a crossbow saying, I've got a loaded crossbow. Drive faster. That's some, like, sh- that's some, like New York shit where you're getting in a, a damn taxi and you're like, step on it. <laughs> Except yep. you're pointing a fucking weapon at him. <laughs> yep. But So he's like driving fast, fast, fast. Like it wasn't even loaded. It wasn't even cocked all the way because I couldn't get it done in the backseat. But then we get out of the back. We get out of the car at Whataburger. I think I was telling you this right before we got on. And so I'm holding it, and me and my buddy Sam are laughing our asses off because he knows exactly what's going on because he was in on it. I was like, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end up pulling this on him. Well, I get out, and you know, I'm holding the crossbow, and we look across the parking lot, and there's like six cop cars. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, gosh, this is terrible. Like, they just see me standing out of a – but I guess we're in West Texas, so you kind of get away with it, like – Oh, crossbow, backseat, messy college kid car. But <laughs> we walk in and it's like, I was, I mean, I was old enough to have drunk. Like we were being smart and we had a DD, but it was still like one of those things where it's like, don't look at the cops. Don't look at the cops. Don't look at the cops. Don't do anything stupid. Like it was just, yeah. I mean, that's probably the best, I mean, Juco story, even though it wasn't at junior college, like, that's up there. There's been a couple times we ran from the cops and I showed up and I played dumb and got out of stuff, but <laughs> like, you know, it's, it is what it is. It's, I don't regret anything I really have done. I wouldn't be where I am if I didn't have made certain choices and gotten in pickles I've gotten in. Right. Like, I guess if you want to end it and you want to wrap it up, like wrap up the whole how this thing got going. I'm a, I'm kind of a religious person. Like, everyone kind of knows that. And I'm a very, like, I'm not going to be put through anything that I shouldn't have been put through. And right. there's a plan for everything. And I broke my collarbone the day before my senior year of baseball. Didn't end up playing. Almost dropped, failed high school. Lucked out and got a scholarship offer to go be a trainer at Howard. Gotten some shit at Howard. Was there for three years. Almost got kicked out of the school because I did some dumb stuff. And it was in a 
you know, a situation I shouldn't have put myself in and was in a place that I shouldn't have been. Ended up applying to Angelo State, got into Angelo State, almost left after my first semester because I just wasn't happy. I was dealing with going from being a big fish in a little pond to being a tiny fish in a giant pond. Like, I was dealing from being the guy to being a nobody like you know a bunch of, bunch of mental kind of depression so having a roommate that didn't speak english like I, I was dealing with all that and then my mom was like no like you're going back for your last semester like you're finished you, you might not go back after year one but you're finishing this year like you're finishing it so you know went back ended up staying that next year met my wife got married the year after that like went to Oklahoma, became a teacher for a year, started like, and it's like, okay, none of this would have happened if I didn't break my collarbone, not listening to my buddy saying, don't ride the dirt bike outside the fence when I'm going to make this pizza. Like chances are, I wouldn't be sitting where I am if I wouldn't have done that. Right. And now I got a pretty cool scar because I had a surgery on it. But like, I wouldn't be where I am if I wouldn't have made certain choices and dumb decisions along the road to get to where I am. For sure. Put a good spin on the cusp of how this thing all i mean there's a lot of other stuff that happened before you know but i wouldn't be where i am and i don't regret doing certain things even though looking back like yeah, i shouldn't have done that but i wouldn't be where i am if i didn't have wouldn't have done that like it's yeah no, I, I get that 100 percent, and i'm i'm kind of like on that same track where i think everything happens for a reason and so what i was telling you earlier I DM'd you earlier today about putting your show, putting all this kind of under our name. Like, it's your thing. You're running it. You're doing it. It's under our name. But when I started this, I thought it would always be cool to have guys. Because, you know, at the time, I was a one-man show. I don't know what's going on on the campus of John A. Logan. I don't know what's going on the campus at Northwest Florida. But there's guys out there that want to get into the media world that want to be sports writers, that want to be journalists, that want to be... So I always thought it would be cool to make it available. Like, hey, if you want to write about it, if you want to put it out there, like, do your thing, man. Like, I'll put it up. I've got a platform. Like, I guess I'm real-world experience now, but I'll be a place where you can put it out and try it out and test it out and have kind of a free place to experiment, I guess to try out the things to see what you know get some experience with it and i i was like i was i wanted to do it just because like you came to me and asked me about the stuff and i was kind of giving me my wait this is exactly what i would want to do right like be somewhere where it's like there's junior college guys out there that want to be media people that want to be radio people that and somehow i built something that can totally help people get experience and use it as a resume thing 100 a letter like so i mean that's the reason why it's a little bit worded better than the, the text we were shooting back and forth earlier today but that's the reason behind why i said and offered that the deal kind of thing to you like i mean you're it's i don't want to micromanage it like you do your thing i'll give advice i'll listen i'll you know but that is the reason i think it's super cool it's awesome seeing junior college guys kind of just doing their thing. Like, and if I can help somehow, like might as well help somehow. I'm not 
And I know like a big thing for me, just like, like I said earlier in the show, like I, I, I'd been thinking about starting a podcast for a while, but it kind of just really hit me that I've got a lot of time now and I might, might as well just dive in and do it and kind of, like you said, get that real world experience. And just like, I started DMing guys this morning and last night and just some of the responses from the, the bigger guys that I've gotten, just like, just taking like chances on, like, I never thought like Brian Sikowski was going to message me back or Nathan Rohde from PBR, or we've got some pro guys getting lined up now. I get the whole response has been just fantastic in the last 24 hours. So I'll, I'll shoot you some questions to ask Brian to get a couple of laughs. <laughs> Because if he if he he'll, if he I, he listens to our stuff all the time, and so if we share this out, changes are he'll listen. Because I know he's not doing much because he can't leave his house, and he's stuck in Michigan. So, but I'll I'll send you something to ask him, which will get him to laugh a little bit, because <laughs> we like to Brian and Chris and my relationship. Chris has actually met Brian in person. Okay, I've never met Brian in person, but the three of us. When we had our show, the preview show, we planned to be on for like 30 minutes. It turned into two and a half hours. So, like, I mean, but it wasn't like all baseball. It was us shooting shit. It was us being dumb. It was us just, it would be like if we were sitting around a bar just drinking, talking. Like, that's how it ended up going. But we have all the respect for Brian. Brian loves us. We love him. I freaking... I guess another fun drunk. I have a lot of drunk stories, <laughs> but the first interaction other than Brian retweeting my stuff and me tagging him and stuff and being the annoying, like, Hey, I'm a blogger. Hey, I'm doing this and share my stuff. Cause you're the Juco guy. It was like the first summer, first year we're out here. And it was like president's day. We're at our neighbor's house or whatever. And I was like, Hey Brian, I'm Noah Sharp. I don't know if you know any of the stuff I do, but this is what I do. If there's any way I can help, like, I'd love to help. Uh, sorry, happy President's Day or something. Have a great day. I get, like, a reply, like, two minutes later. Man, I love your stuff. It's awesome. I actually was talking to our editor about doing this, 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 this. They don't see anything. But I love your stuff. I share your stuff. Here's my – and I was like, oh, that's cool. And that was, like, after year one. So it's like – I mean, he's only 30, like, he's not much older than me, and I'm not much older than y'all. Right. And he's kind of – like, Brian's a cool dude. He's awesome. He's he's a clown. He likes his music. He likes his guitar. So so kind of like with like your podcast, who are some of the, the bigger guys that you've had the chance to bring on? I mean, we ha- we've had Soup. We've had a handful of Wabash guys. I think our biggest – I mean – We've got a lot of coaches. It's the biggest. I mean, Eric Sim, I guess, might be the biggest, mm-hmm. biggest, biggest. And that was a year ago, so I don't even think that episode's actually up anywhere anymore. But I still have all the audio, so I might like push it out at some point. But I mean, we've had division one recruiting coordinators. To we've had an agent that played junior college ball. He was the MVP of the 2002 World Series. Wow. He played with Ian Kinsler. Like, like, I mean, we're in the works with a couple people that work with The Athletic. I mean, there's some other people that we're in the talks with, but I don't actually think they'll work out just because of logistics and other stuff. And, I mean, it's 
I mean, we've had soup. We've had, I'm trying to think, we've had blend coaches. We've had Galveston coaches. We've had a lot of Texas people. We've had some Georgia people. We've had, I mean, it just kind of goes all over the place. Getting tired there? I mean, it's been a long day. I was jumping on a trampoline earlier today with a five-year-old. I tried to do a backflip. I definitely can't do a backflip anymore. Definitely. I'm not old, but I'm too old for that. It's, it is, yeah. I'm, my wife shouldn't probably ever see me try and do a backflip because she'd make fun of me for it. But I teach five year old to do it, right? What is it about? What is it about? Eleven o'clock where you're at now? About to be. But I was up at. I wake up when the kids wake up and get work done when the kids are asleep. So, but I'm a night person. Again, I work at nights and. Usually this would be right when I'm leaving work to come home, so it's not too terrible. All right, I got I got one more question before we kind of wrap up here. All right. So, season's banged. What are your thoughts on who do you think would have been at Junction? Okay. This, okay, I've actually thought about this. I'm pulling some stuff up just because I need to know my thoughts because okay. I was actually me and Chris were kind of talking about this and doing our postseason stuff and it'll be out next Monday. It's like set. I think I wrote like nine pages on wow. all the top 10 teams. Like, I mean, it's like a paragraph for each one, like what we thought y'all whoever. So we're a firm believer that whoever came out of John a Logan Wabash Valley and Iowa Western was going to play for a national title. It was a coin flip between y'all three. I mean, I think it's a any given Sunday thing. Like anyone would have won any day. What is it? Nine <laughs> times out of ten, you'd beat us. Like I mean, yeah, you're putting it on, but I mean, y'all, y'all are currently the number one team. Y'all find out where y'all land on Monday. But I mean, y'all finished number one for Brian. I think y'all finished number one for. I think y'all know where y'all are going to land for us. But, I mean, it was going to, for that region, it was going to be that. Arizona was going to be a freaking slugfest. But I think Yavapai was going to pull it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm probably going to say, a, on the spot, I'm going to say Grayson's going to come, come out of Region 5. So, so far, we got whoever comes out of those three. You know what? Screw it. I'm going to say it's going to be – it would be y'all because I really liked y'all. I think y'all had it all from top to bottom. Um, So, John A., Yavapai, Grayson. I think Johnson County was going to come out of Kansas. They were pretty hot there for a little bit. I mean, they finished at 20-3. and three, Yeah. So, uh, Walter State was going to be another one that came out of there. Yeah. I was. What sucks is I don't know what was going to happen in Oklahoma Region Two. I, that's the one. It's going to be between Jefferson, Eastern Oklahoma, Connor State, and Seminole State. It was going to come down to. But I really liked Eastern Oklahoma. I mean, Florida. I don't think Chipola was going to go again. I don't think so. I either. really liked. We really liked Central. We really liked. Um. Uh, I mean, I think they might be the highest person we have for Florida. Or Northwest Florida State was really good. 
Who'd you have coming out of Alabama? Um, I'm trying to remember where some schools are. Sneed State, I think, was one of the higher ones from over there. Really? Them and Wallace Dothan were going to be. Sneed State was rolling. They were real. Like, it, it sounds crazy, and this is where we kind of got upset because there's a lot of schools where they were starting to kind of get the gears turning, uh-huh. and you wanted to see what was going to happen because they might have played a little bit less of a harder schedule to start. Right. But, like, they were winning them really well, so, you know, you're taking notice of it. But Sneed State was, I mean, they were 15-3. and three. They, I mean, they started the year, like, in the 90s, and they finished in the top 25-ish. So, like, they were up there, like, somewhat, I mean, I guess, so there's them. Uh, it's just, there's a lot of things I wanted to see what were going to happen. There was a bunch of teams that I thought were going to, Cloud County in Kansas was going to about to, I really, I said they were going to be the team to watch out for in Kansas, and some people call me crazy, but they were up there and rolling and kind of taking, they were take they weren't sweeping, but they were winning two out of three. They were winning three out of four. They were split, like, they were taking wins where they needed to take wins, and they weren't losing series. Right. Like, Arizona Western was doing good. Uh, I mean, it goes, I don't know. I think if I had to put money on it, again, I, I kind of said y'all were going to win it, but I think it was going to come down to whoever won the regional, the super regional district play between John A. Wabash and Iowa Western, and they were going to play Grayson. Those were going to be the last two standing, in my opinion. Like looking at it and I've seen kind of how things were, it was going to be one of those three versus Grayson. That's some people might call that crazy, but Chris might say the team from Arizona, which I agree, a team coming to Arizona could come out of nowhere and destroy everybody. I think, I mean, you passed Division One. I. I think LSU Eunice was probably going to go undefeated or have maybe one or two losses. They're always ridiculous. I mean, they were 21-0, and and they won by an average of 13 runs in all 21 games. Yeah. So, yeah, like – they, I mean, it's NFC Tonk was rolling. There was, I think, in our final top 10, there was four Mississippi schools. Like, and Mississippi has a, I don't know if you listen to the show, but like Mississippi has a weird rule about out-of-state people. So yeah. all those schools are 97% guys from Mississippi. Like, And it's not just their, like, not just their scholarship guys. It's all all roster spots. Yeah, it's four out-of-state roster spots. Mm-hmm. So that means Pearl River last year had four out-of-state roster spots, period. Yeah. And they finished the regular season number one. But then they shared times with number one between LSU Eunice and Itawamba. Like, it's just – there's a lot of stuff. I think Herkimeyer in New Jersey, New York, wherever they are, like – I mean, there's just so much stuff that – we wish could unfold that unfortunately couldn't. Right. But we might do a field of 64 theoretical and just do the top like 16 from California from Cal man. And California was a whole nother can of worms. I got into the California stuff, went to a few games. I was actually at a game 
two weeks after the Kobe crash with the coach I was on there and was at a game that his team was playing. And it might have been the weirdest, and I'm not saying weird in a bad way. No, yeah, the, sure. the weirdest baseball environments I've ever been in because you looked at the game and you saw the talent that was on the Orange Coast side. And you're like, this team is exponentially better than Quest of the team they're playing. Quest ended up winning the series two to one. But I started the game, I think the first four innings, I was on Quest's side, and everyone's loud and chirping and happy and da 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 da. Well, then I walked over just literally to the other side of the stands, and it was quiet. It was. You know, people were cheering, but it was more quiet, more somber, more. And it was just a weird atmosphere. It was a dip. I shouldn't say weird. It was a different atmosphere. It was an atmosphere that I wouldn't expect from a team that was as good as they were. And they were finally starting to start to roll again, which is understandable. You would kind of be not in good shape if your coach literally died two weeks ago. Like, I completely get that. And they were finally starting to kind of start chipping away and went in and it was just a it was just a crazy 2020 needs to go back to freaking man 2020 sucks so far yeah like, it's pretty it's pretty bad like i think i saw a video of the rocky i think it was rocky 4 versus the russian and it's like oh 2020 is coming out it's going to be my year and the russian like just starts going to town on him and it's like Kobe dies and then something about Trump and then COVID and then quarantined and then the whole world shuts down. It was just like thing after thing after thing after thing. And so it's, it's unfortunate the year ended the way it did. And it's unfortunate that, you know, games weren't played and things weren't thing. I was super excited to see how you and y'all and Wallace were going to go because Chris was going to be down there for those. He was at the ones last year. And it's, I think, a lot of stuff. I don't know how people are going to go. But, again, our I guess since we're wrapping it up, all of our content's rolling out this next week. Start Monday. Gold Gloves it starts Monday with the rankings, all four divisions. Then it goes Gold Glove stuff with Coach of the Year at the end of the week. And then the next week is all All-American stuff. And then the next week is our player rankings, recruiting classes, uh, and all of that. But it's all coming out. It's all just, wow. All chirp, or not chirping, <laughs> it's all getting made to look pretty and all the graphics and all that stuff. And I think we're going to have another Juco Power Hour. I don't know when you're releasing this, but I think I think we're going to try every Friday to try and do something like that and right. just have some fun with it and interact. And that's not even... Chris might be there for some of them, but it's with this guy, Gene, who's the head coach at Cleveland County. And, I mean, just talking and shooting shit and giving the people something to watch late on a Friday night because sure. there ain't much going on. Not at all. You know, no, I, I really appreciate you coming on here. And just for all our listeners to know, you guys can find Noah at www.djbb.net as well on Twitter at the underscore Noah underscore Sharp. And then the JBB page is at underscore the JBB. Those will also be mentioned in our show notes as well as some links to some of Noah's podcasts that he's done. And Noah, just thank you again for coming on the show. It was a great time being able to talk to you. Thanks for having me, man. I know 
I kind of rambled a bit. I can talk a little bit. Some people say I could say a sentence in two words, and I say it in 47. <laughs> but, I mean, sometimes stories need all those little details. I'm excited to see where this thing grows. I'm excited that you are okay with us putting you on some of our stuff and promoting your stuff. And can't wait to – and that's, again, one of the cool things that now that it's year three or four, seeing the guys leave the junior college and go to the Division One level, go to Division Two, like – we knew who they were and were interacting with them when they were at Coastal Alabama, when they were at John A. Logan, when they were at fill in the blank of tiny school in a town you've never heard of. Right. And now they're doing their own thing and moving on. And, you know, we had these conversations when you're 19, 20 and, you know, granted we're not that much different, but we're age different. But then in 10 years, if this thing's still going and you're still doing your thing, like, who knows where you could be, but like, hey, I had this conversation with this guy when he was 19 or 20 and he did this, like, and you could fall back on, oh, you know, I don't know. It's cool. So thanks for having me on. I'm glad I could be the first one. Hopefully people will like it and listen again because I know getting through some of my talking sometimes can be a little bit tough. Again, uh, I just want to take a special thank you to our listeners who are hearing this for the first time and hopefully you guys are going to be able to catch on and share us on Twitter, you're going to catch me at underscore bullpen chatter. Uh, and thanks again for having Noah. He's our first call, call to the bullpen. And we're signing off.